0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're into these rules of three. We had the three things that Rabban, uh, the three areas where Rabban Gamliel was strict like the words of Beit Shemai, and the three areas where he was lenient and the three cases that Rabbi Elazar ben Azari permitted in the sages forbade. And then we segued from there into questions about the pepper mill, which was Meqabel Tumar, which was susceptible to impurity because of three elements sitting inside it. And we are now going to segue from the pepper mill which is susceptible to Tumar, which can, which is which is susceptible to becoming impure because of these three things, to something completely different. It's a child's buggy, and then we're going to close the chapter with a child's buggy, and we're going to go on to questions about catching and slaughtering food on Yom Tov, catching and slaughtering animals. And I'm not sure actually whether the child's buggy fits into the rule of three but it, it anyway it seems to jump off the three issues of rabbi Elazar ben azaria and it finishes off the chapter and i was honestly surprised to find out that children had buggies in the time of the mishnah but the mishnah and the bartonur are completely clear about it a galash of katan. A child's cart or a child's buggy, and the bartanur explains a gala, a chart, a, a, a cart, a suya l's, made for a child to play with, le <laughs> and especially for him to sit on. So that we got a child's buggy that a child is maybe sitting in, and the Mishnah, following Rabbi Elia Azar ben Azari and the Pepper Mill, <coughs> wants to remind us. That it can also be susceptible to tuma, agala al katant a midras. A child's car can be susceptible to the impurity of midras. Now veni <coughs> tellet but it can be handled on Shabbat. What's this midras? We have a Pasuk in Vayikra Kolamishka, um it's about someone who's had an omission, and the 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 this is all in the beginning of the 15th chapter of Vayikra and the um the uh, the the Pusukim go on to say Mishkav Alav, any bedding on which he sits, and this is the one who has the discharge, sits. Kol alav yitma. Any bedding on which the one which the discharge lies should be impure. Kli asher alav yitma. And every object he sits on is gonna be impure and the child's cart is going to be sat on it's going to be sat on like a bed so it's subject to the same kind of impurity this is nothing to do with Yom Tov and nothing to do with Shabbat by the way we're making a purely technical point and we did say yes last time we met when we looked at the pepper mill this the the fact that the pepper mill can become tamir because of three things it's just a continuation of the rule of three. If you like, it's the mnemonic with which the Mishnah is organized. It's the mental pattern with which the Mishnah is organized. It's nothing to do with Beitsa, nothing to do with the egg and nothing to do with Yom And we're just following that idea. So the child's car is susceptible to the impurity if someone sits on it who's had an omission. And by the way, It can be taken out on Shabbat. Eila al Kalim, but we can't drag it along except if we drag it along on, on matting or on clothes. What's going on there? Well, the Bartanura is going to explain Eila al Kalim, and I've translated Kalim as clothing here, actually, in the Bartanura, on top of clothing, he actually says Al Gabay Bagadim. On top of clothing because it makes a sort of a a ditch a, a furrow in the ground and someone who digs out a kind of furrow in the ground is liable on the on the archetypal work of plowing so we can't drag this child's wagon along on Shabbat except when it's supported by when it's got some cloth underneath it and um, Rabbi Yudah actually sort of disagrees actually Rabbi Yudah says no vessels may be dragged along except a wagon because it presses down the earth so Rabbi Yudah's problem is not so much not so much um, making a furrow in the earth as it's dragged along Pushing down on the earth, if you like, humping down on the earth by pressing on it from above. So, rubber you guys, a different view. And that's where we close the second chapter before going on to the whole question of catching. And we're going to go back to this this um this Latin word vivarium. They used to construct places in the time of the Mishnah where they would keep wild animals until they were ready to eat them and it's vivarium in Hebrew or I think probably vivarium in Greek or, or uh, it's probably vivarium in Latin question is if your animals are if our animals are running around the vivarium can we catch them on tov? We've pretty much agreed, we understand that we can slaughter them on yomtov because in the era before refrigerators, you had to slaughter your meat or your fish fresh. So we know we can slaughter on yomtov, but perhaps the action of catching could be done the day before yomtov. And we've established the principle. Anything that can be done before Yom Tov should be done before yomtov. We only we do cook on yomtov, but only and we cook and we prepare for cooking on Yom Tov, but only with activities which are necessary. And then Mishnah gives us this slightly puzzling rule, actually. We don't catch fish from vivarium on Yom And we don't feed them. I think the assumption here is we don't feed them because we might come to catch them. Aval. Sadin chayav off mean a vivarium, they're not namely from the Hemmas or not, but we can catch animals and birds from a vivarium And one can put food in front of them. So what is the difference? Between catching fish that we're not allowed to do and catching animals and birds that we are allowed to do And by the way thinking about it rationally in terms of what we can and can't do Before Yom Tov, well, you could easily catch an animal before Yom Tov and just tie it up but you cannot catch a fish before you Tov and tie it up because, well, because fish don't tie. And Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel is going to explain. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Omer, he's tr- going to try to elucidate what is going on in this Mishnah. Lo kol ha shavin. Not all vivaria are alike. So there are basically vivariums and vivariums or vivaria and vivarium. Ze'a this is the general principle. <laughs> Anything that still needs trapping is forbidden. In other words, if you have something like a giant animal park or a big fish pond and you really need to kind of run around and trap your animal, that is forbidden. But if you have a small little pen, that's something different. no m'chusar mutar. Something that does not need to be trapped is permitted. And I guess if we learn this mission according to Rabban Shimon ben Gamaliel we would say look the the fish vivarium was a big one and the animal one was a small one. I think we would say it that way but he certainly articulates the general rule which is about hunting. We don't we can kind of catch something which is already sitting there we can't actually go out and hunt it what about if we set what if we found the animal in a trap so the animal is there for the taking but it's in a trap what about traps for wild animals or birds or fish, which we are actually set before Yom Tov, so we've already set the trap, and the Mishnah articulates: Lo be Yom Tov. You can't take you can't take animals out of them on Yom Tov. In other words, you set your trap beyond on before Yom Tov. On um, you wander along, maybe you set it on Friday. You wander along on Sunday, yesterday. You find an animal in your trap. Are you allowed to eat it? So the Mishnah, the first opinion, says we don't do this. We we don't do it unless we know that they were actually caught on erev Yom Tov, i.e., they were already caught. And we seem to be getting here into questions of muktzah and designation. So do you remember at the very beginning of this cycle, we learnt about the dovecot, someone going to his dovecot and designating the doves and saying, "Look, this one and this one, I'm going to catch and I'm going to eat on Yom Tov. And by designating it, you make it ready for Yom Tov and that permits you to go and catch it and use it on yomtov itself and of course the thing about an animal which just lands in your trap on yomtov is that before yomtov you had no idea that it was going to land in your trap it's just a random animal if it's not designated to land in your trap just like an uh say an apple that fell off the tree which is also mukta because before yomtov it wasn't designated for eating you didn't know this apple is going to fall off the tree and land on the ground or be ready to be ready to be eaten if it's not designated for hunting or for eating before Yom Tov then the fact that it falls into the trap doesn't really help Umas now what if a, a non-Jew interesting what if a non-Jew brought it Umas echad the Rabban a non-Jew once brought fish to Rabban Gamliel. Amar mutarin hen, he said they are permitted. So maybe these were, maybe these were fish caught from the kind of vivarium where we're allowed to catch fish. He said they're permitted. But and as we've seen elsewhere, by the way, with Rabban Gamliel, you know, he sometimes has different standards for himself. The Amar Mutarhen, he Mutarinhen, he said they're permitted. But I do not wish to receive them from him. I.e., he has a higher standard in terms of his own behavior than that which he mandates for the rest of the people of Israel. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah podcast with Benedict.